Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, and I'm Brack, and we're brown. (laughs) (laughs) I missed you last week. I know, I missed you too. I was like, am I doing Mandra proud doing this interview solo dolo? Tila tried to take my job. (laughs) No, yeah, Tila was fun. She was was awesome. Forget about Tila. Guess whose birthday's tomorrow? Oh, um, (laughs) famous presidents in her time. No, Beyonce was a September birthday. I can't think of anyone special. <laughs> it's my birthday. Why is it like, when it's your birthday? Like, you're like, I don't care. And then when it gets to you, you're like, I do, I do, I do care. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's my birthday. I don't know why I'm excited. I'm not going anywhere. But I will say I just got back from Mexico for like a retreat where I spoke. And it was, it felt like a birthday trip because it was three days and the most beautiful resort I'd ever been in. So I'm like, you know what? I went away from my birthday unofficially. Well, happy early birthday. Yeah, thank you. So are you just keeping it low key? Um, I don't know. I don't know what Superman has planned. Um, I don't know. We were supposed to go to a spa, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what, like, what he has planned. I told him he doesn't have to go crazy because quite honestly, you know, just trying to get the house done at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. but is it really like that? Or is it like if he doesn't do something, you're going to resent him? Because that's how I usually am. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want anything special. But if you don't do something. Like oh, yeah, the- I just want something. Like, you know, <laughs> like, honestly, one thing that I do enjoy, like, I think one year we went to a comedy club. A comedy, that was fun. Um, mm. So I feel like I would love, like, um, something like that, something fun and dinner. And honestly, I feel like that would be more than enough. I feel you on like the, we've already had a conversation about Christmas time and I'm like, so you're cool with no presents, right? Because <laughs> yeah. there's this house happening. I know. For <laughs> like, real. Can we get a couch for Christmas? Because we probably are going to need one of those. Well, and that's honestly how I feel. I'm like, eh, I'm not, you know, there's no big, because I was even saying, you know, you know, I think it's kind of time for you to get a car. He's like, let's wait until after all of this because like his car is like on its last wheel Mm. and he's like yeah but well where we live is like where we live now he works like right here so he's kind of like i don't drive that much let's just get the house done um and every time i go to the house i'm like justin so i'm working honestly i love my contractor he's amazing um his name is justin and um first of all it's funny because whenever i put him on social media all you hear me say is justin <laughs> but he's West Indian, honestly, and Justin is like the best because he's really like 
what I like about his personality is so easygoing. So I'm like, Justin, I don't know. Justin, wait, I don't like the windows like that. Justin, the bathroom's too small. You know, <laughs> he's just, he takes everything in stride. I'm like, Justin, you must have sisters. He's like, I have two. I'm like, oh, they've trained you well. So um, he's awesome. His company's called Build Team um, Construction. Honestly, he's, I, I'm really fortunate because, you know, we remember we, I think we both interviewed, a t- did you interview a bunch of people? We got quotes from three different contractors and we ended up going with the most amazing person ever. His name's Javier. But yeah, we did, we did quotes and then we finally settled on Javier who wasn't the cheapest, but he was the best choice. Same thing. Justin was not the cheapest. He was someplace in the middle, but he was just really a good choice. Cause what you, you really want someone who is going to listen to you, but also obviously going to give their professional opinion. Um, and there was just some like, there's always unexpected things like, one of our, like the stack, I'm learning so much about plumbing. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> right? He's like, we had to take all this out. You see this corrosion? I'm like, what does that mean, Justin? That's what I told him today. It means money. Uh, right? Exactly. I'm like, Justin, what are you showing me these scraps for? <laughs> He's like, I'm just letting you know. Because we're, we're, the basement's getting redone. And, and I guess the basement used to flood a little. So we're getting a French drain. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, like, okay. it's like you do like a, a trench around the inside perimeter of the, of the um, basement. And so like in the trench, you put like um, a big, huge hose. And so if water tries to come in, it kind of goes through the hose. It's almost like having, um, what's the, you know, like the gutters that the leaves fall into, like on the outside of the house. It's like having that inside the house, but in the ground. So that way the water doesn't come into the basement. It comes into the hose and it like kind of like goes through the hose outside. Sure. <laughs> so, but like that, I'm like, Justin was showing me all these things like, oh, Tiffany, we had to irrigate and navigate. I'm like, Justin, I don't know what those words mean. And I'm always telling Justin, I'm not paying you no more money, Justin. <laughs> Which he always laughs at. I'm like, I don't know what you're laughing for. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's at least it's coming along, which I'm happy about. <laughs> so today I went to go see, speaking of like money and things, I went to go see Carlos, my accountant. Um, and I did my Q3 um, like reports and taxes. And um, and today, Carlos, it was kind of like last minute um, as I was about to leave. And I was telling Carlos, I was like, I don't understand why. Because Carlos has instructed me that, you know, to set aside 35% of like the income I get from the company in my, in an account for taxes. And I'm like, Carlos, I never have like enough in my tax account based upon like what you tell me I'm going to owe. Why is that? You know? So we were kind of going through it and I was like, it's so frustrating. I said, cause we don't like, I have, uh, three, three companies, well, four with Brown Ambition. So four companies, but with the three, I only really withdraw money from one of them, the Academy and the other two companies, we really like reinvest the money to grow. And, or like, sometimes we just keep the money in there. Like I have a business partner with two of my companies. And I was like, so it seems unfair that if I don't pull money out, why am I being taxed on it? And he was like, I'm like, is that what people do? Like, like, I'm sure the you know, what do people do at Amazon, Apple? Are they like getting taxed on a billion dollars, even if they don't make a billion dollars, like take home a billion, you know? And he's like, no, they're C-Corps. And I was like, do explain more. And it didn't make sense before, but I, my companies were, uh, they were uh, an S-Corp and two of them still are. But Carlos was sharing that the difference with an S-Corp is basically, um, um, it's like a pass-through still, meaning that let's just say my company makes $100,000, then Tiffany makes a hundred thousand, whether I pull the money out 
personally or not. But with the C Corp, the benefit is, and then the, the, at, our, at our current tax rate, we're about 35% or something like that. That's what our tax rate, my tax rate is now, something to that effect. Um, but with the C Corp, um, the business itself, this is based upon the new laws by our president, the business itself is taxed at 21%, which honestly is criminally low. But this is like what he's done, um, that the business itself is taxed at 21%. And any money I pull out for Tiffany is a tax. I have to pay tax at 15%. So what's great about it is, is that if I have a business that I'm not pulling money out of, I'm only paying 21% taxes. Well, the business is only paying 21% taxes and I'm no longer paying this extra tax for money I'm not receiving. So we looked at the companies and realized that two of them really should be C-Corps because we're not me and my business partner one company is the Budgetista, which is just me. The other company, I have a business partner. It's a marketing company. And so, so we're not pulling money out, and I'm not pulling money out of the Budgetista right now. It makes sense to be a C-Corp. And he redid the numbers of what I have to pay um, for the last two quarters of the year. The, um, you, He does an estimate. And he redid the numbers, and I save $100,000. Damn. Wait a second. So why didn't he do this before? Well, because it didn't make sense before, because before, well, one, the marketing company is brand new. So there wasn't like, so when I started it, it was just like, Hey, be an escort, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, you know, makes sense because if your business is making over six figures, it's really start time to look from going to an LLC to an S corp, or some people go right into an S corp, which is fine. But like, if you're first starting out, some people do an LLC, which is fine. But if you start to make a little bit more money an S corp is going to make more sense because there's self-employment tax that you pay with um, LLC and your accountant should be running the numbers for you consistently to see where does it make sense. So I switched from an S corp, I think last from LLC to an S corp last year or like two years ago because it made sense and it saved me $30,000 in taxes. But this year, the thing is, if you're pulling money out of your company consistently and most of the money out, then being an S corp makes sense because you get taxed one time. If you're not pulling money out, like you're not pulling a significant amount of money in comparison to what the, the company makes. So let's just say your company makes $100,000 and you're pulling out 100000 be an S-corp. If your company makes 100000 and you're pulling out 20000 and keeping the 80000 in the company because maybe you're saving up for like a building or whatever, make it a, a C-corp because it doesn't make sense to pay for taxes on money that you're not actually taking. And so that's why it didn't make sense before because I I, won't, I was pulling money out from the budgetista before up until this year because the their academy wasn't making enough. So now I just pull from the academy and the budgetista I really have been using to build business, you know. We're saving to buy certain things and I don't really need the budgetista money, so I've let it sit there. But the government's like, "Well, whether you let it sit there or not, you're an S corp. That's money earned whether you take it." whether you withdraw it or not. And so making that transition, this was actually the perfect year for it. And what Carlos has done is um, I can I can file a, um, uh, an amendment or something like that. So that way I can be taxed as an um, S-corp for the whole year. So it's not like, like I'm not going to be penalized and saying like it's going to start just now. No, the government will look at from January till now, you were a C-corp. And so, but asking questions and sharing where you are financially, like, I tell Carlos like everything, you know, like when it comes to finances, because and even sometimes we'll just talk conversationally. So with your accountant, if you have a business, there are certain things that you might mention that he's going to look at and say from a tax perspective, how can I use that information to lower your tax burden? Like when I got married, when Jarrell and I or well, Superman or well, whatever, y'all know his name after you anyway, when Superman and I um, bought, our, bought our homes. So these things, you know, Carlos will look at it and say, huh. 
how do I infuse this information to lower Tiffany's tax burden? And when I was complaining, you know, like, yo, I don't have, you know, $200,000 in my tax savings account. That's crazy. And he was like, wait, then when I was explaining and then I was just whining, I was like, I don't even take all that money out. He was like, wait, so you don't take money out? And I was like, wait, no. And he was like, okay, well, this is a different conversation, Tiffany, but I never mentioned that before because I didn't know that was relevant, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, so things like that, like speaking to your accountant and making those things relevant, like, okay. So like I was telling a lot of my friends, they're like, oh, how come I'm not a C-Corp? I'm like, no, well, if you have a business, like for example, the academy, I get paid, I pull my money out of the academy. So it's going to remain an S-Corp. So if you're pulling money out of your company, which most people are, then remaining an S-Corp is, is, is going to make sense. So for, like I said, for me, I'm for these other two companies, we're not pulling the majority of the money out. Very little, if anything, you know, we're basically, the company is basically keeping most of the money. So it doesn't make sense, you know, um, to remain an S-Corp. So you would have to speak to your accountant, obviously, but like those types of conversations are really important because I literally was leaving there with like a $240,000 tax bill. For, for the last two quarters of the year. And like, almost like as I was packing up, that's when I started whining. And then Carlos was like, wait, that's a new situation, Tiffany. Let me run the numbers again. And he was like, oh, we saved you over $100,000. And I was like, oh. And then I looked at my, my, my tax savings account and I looked at what he said I had to pay for Q3 for taxes. And it was the exact same thing for the first time freaking ever. And I was like, yes, I actually have it saved. No, no more. Like, cause literally I was going to have to go to my, my CFO and tell her to cut this huge check from one of my companies, like, 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 like a $70,000 check that I wasn't going to get to enjoy and hand it over to the government. Like that's what, that was what I was going to have to do, you know, in order to make up the difference. Like, Hey, Rachel, can you cut me a $70,000 check? I have to give it to uncle Sam. Can you imagine? Listen, I'm trying to get on that Jared Kushner tax plan. (laughs) Because I've been reading about, it's like the super rich, I mean, the tax breaks for the wealthy, if you can figure them out, are so lucrative, especially with the current administration. And I mean, there were a lot of tax changes that changed things for small businesses last year, too, and made it, um, you know, made the tax burden less for small businesses. And no, it's it's awesome that you um, changed that strategy. I feel like my... I, I definitely want to figure out some ways to like, that's my next plan for Helen is just to sit down with me and figure out how to minimize our tax liability. Because I definitely know that we are not doing like we're not maximizing the tax mm. breaks available to us um, in the most strategic way. And it's just something that I've been putting aside because we have the house right now. But I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice to have more bank money in the bank to pay for this renovation? Um, so that's something I want to look to do for 2019. And also like, I mean, you've worked with Carlos for how long? You always mention how you guys have grown together. Yes, um, I like, feel honestly, like since since I was a pre- since I was teaching preschool, like I've worked with Carlos since then. So like over ten years. Yeah, I think I've realized that the the, the tax preparer, just straight up like tax preparer that I got, you know, off Yelp. You know, bless his heart, Paul. He's been awesome. I just don't know if he's the right fit for me moving forward. So I got to start shopping for a new, I think, tax account, and especially for tax year twenty eighteen. Um, 
So <laughs> one more professional to find. I know, I know. And honestly, <laughs> it's it's hard because people are like, honestly, I've sent so many people to Carlos. He's like, I am forbidden to say anything. Like, I can only say his first name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, don't worry. <laughs> well, because like, like, it's because it's hard. To, it's not necessarily easy to find a good accountant. And I said that, I said, Carlos, do you know any other really good accountants? He's like, I do. And I passed the business I can't do on to them. And now they can't handle any more business. I'm like, wow. Because, you know, it's really labor intense. Like, to intensive to like, you know, prepare someone's tax, learn their businesses, understand the ins and outs, really understand like what's going on in their life. You know, so he's like, you know, I'm limited in how much, how many people I can take on. Um, and it's important, like, you know, to find someone who you can share your life with. Like you have to be able to be like, like Carlos knows everything from like when I first started, you know, when I was teaching preschool and what, what was that like? And he knows when I was making next to nothing and just suggesting along the way and always tweaking every, every quarter, you know, like I spent about an hour with Carlos and we don't just talk about money. I talk about like what's going on in life because Carlos was always extracting stuff like, wait, you didn't tell me that X, Y, Z. You didn't tell me that you know, you have a bonus daughter. You didn't tell me, you know, so those things come up and then he integrates those things into, um, yeah, my, my tax plan. But even then, like I, I still am looking for the perfect, I mean, I, I'm hoping Helen is going to work out because I need a financial planner. So me and you are in the same boat looking for some new, new blood in the mix. Um, we should have a, someone, someone hit me up and said that we should have a show about building your money team. Girl, you know, I'm trying. Let me do it first, and then I'm gonna yeah. holla at you about that show. <laughs> holla at you. Well, right? what is the money team like? Yeah, what is ideal for you? Yeah, it's hard. Uh, yeah, it is. Like who? Yeah, I mean, like you know, your accountant, maybe a financial advisor or a financial planner, and like kind of like that kind of stuff. It is hard to find. But one thing that Carlos told me, this is just kind of like an aside that made me a little nervous, but I kind of have seen this too. He was like, I, he is noticing a trend. And he was like, he feels like some financial dark days are kind of coming. He said, because I'm noticing a trend in that although people are making more, they are less and less able to afford their life. And he said, I'm seeing it more and more in the office that people are struggling more, even though they're making more. And he's like, you know, it's, it's worrying me. And he's like, are you seeing that? And I said, a mix of yes and no, because I, I feel like, you know, Dreamcatchers, like the, my audience, it's a little different because they're actively working on doing better. But I do kind of have been feeling that feeling, too, that he's like, people are spending more. Things are getting more and more expensive, even though people's incomes are growing. He said, but it's he's like, I, honestly, it's making me a little nervous. He was like, I feel like not necessarily that another recession is coming, but something is coming. He said, because I I'm just seeing more and more people come into my office who, you know, things are not getting better. Yeah, I mean, that's the I mean, that he's just hitting on like the the real problem with the economic recovery. It's that it's been um, and we talked about this when we did our we talked about the anniversary of the uh, financial crisis, how the economic yes, the US economy is doing well, even with the volatile days we've had the past couple of weeks. Um, But the but the recovery hasn't been equally distributed and people at the top are making these really crazy um, tax breaks and all the profits from these companies from the booming economy are trickling down to the highest earners. And, you know, you have people at the bottom and at the middle who are maybe earning a little bit more. Their, you know, their, their wages are increasing a little bit, but not a, not at a rate enough to keep pace with the cost of the biggest expenses that we, we all incur, which are like housing and increasingly education. So, 
yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, it's not like he's just, ex- he's like, you know, experiencing it. Like it's really happening. I mean, the numbers yeah. are out there. People are not, a lot of people, I mean, we get those questions from our listeners all the time that are hard to answer, which is like, hey, I'm saving and I'm budgeting and nothing's changing. What do I do? Yeah. It's such a hard, there's no answer, you know? Um, there's no easy answer for people in that situation. And it's, I mean, it's very frustrating and, you know, that's part of the, I know that that's, that disgruntledness, that sense of frustration that people are getting ahead while you're not, but you're doing everything right. Yeah. That's, that's common. I feel like. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, this is a good time to switch gears into questions. So why did one of our listeners... Um, in love and shadiness, send me the um, the um, the lyrics, the words, you know, for um, that independent question. women. Yes, how are you going to? They're like Tiffany, honestly, please. <laughs> just please. I'm not even going to sing it this time because you know, in honor of you know that like delightfully shady. Um, um, uh, I forget what her name was, but I thought that was hilarious. It took me a while because I'm reading it because you know, obviously, I don't know the lyrics, so I'm reading it like, what does this even mean? Oh, oh, oh gotcha, girl. She's like, for the next time, she's like, I love Brown Ambition. <laughs> so yes, questions. We've got great time. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we got some really good questions. It sounds like a lot of you guys are thinking about buying a home. Um, so we got some good questions around home ownership, one about credit card debt. It's like, which question do I go with first? Let's let's take a question from listener Sharon, or maybe a Sharon. I'm not sure. There's two R's. She says, question, question, question. You both are new homeowners and took two different routes to get there. Given the choice again, would you guys still decide to purchase a fixer upper or would you buy something move-in ready? <laughs> Mid-renovation. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to say because we're, it's, I'm in a better place than I was before. If you would have caught me maybe like before we found Justin and we were still struggling, I would have been like, I should have just gotten a darn house that was done already. But I'm not going to lie, like walking through today and picking out how we want each bathroom to be, it's going to be exactly the way we want. And it's going to cost the same as if we would have gotten the house basically like, you know, and I will still have a little equity. So maybe a little less, you know, um, than if we would have gotten the house like fully done. So I kind of, I mean, I'm happy about the renovation because I have a good guy now. So, um, no, I, I'm glad that we went about it this way. But if you would have asked me, like I said, before Justin, I was like, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> um, I'm really happy with our decision so far. I, but again, so far we're staying on budget. I just feel like, I mean, we had no choice. Like, move-in ready for us, it would have cost twice as much as what we paid. 
Um, and my budget just wouldn't allow me to, to buy move-in ready. So I honestly, sure, it was the right choice because it was the only choice for me. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, unfor- I feel like if you're if you're trying to find a house that's in your in your price range, you know, a fixer-upper, um, it's, it's the way to go because you don't have to do everything all at once. You know, there's still projects that we're planning for two, three, four years down the road. Um, but I, I, I definitely didn't want to, I definitely didn't want to take on more than we could, um, chew as far as a mortgage payment went. So I, I maxed out what I thought was reasonable for us to pay, you know, with one paycheck of the, you know, four paychecks a month that we get together. Um, and so we wouldn't be cash strapped and I'm happy with that. And hopefully, hopefully, well, you know, talk to me again in five, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, yes, I, I'm happy with it because I just knowing that also too, I'm sure you're happy like to know, like you're getting exactly the house that you want, you know, it's yours mm-hmm. and you're, you know, crafting it and, and creating how you want to live. So I'm excited about that because, uh, you know, there's no way to know, there's no way to, I don't know. There's no way to buy a house that looks exactly how you want on the inside. Every tile, this is the floor you want. This is the color, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. Um, thanks for the question, Sharon. Um, another question. Here's one about 401k. Interesting. So this this was a long question, but I'm going to consolidate it. Basically, this is from an anonymous listener who is thinking about buying a home, but has had um, has been worried about getting approved for a mortgage because she has about ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. You know, it's hard to get approved for a mortgage when your you know your debt to income ratio is on the high side. So her question is, would you suggest taking a small loan from your 401k to pay off that credit card debt in preparation for preparing to purchase a house? Tricky question. It is a tricky tricky question. So she's like trying to rush things, I feel like. Yes. You know, it's almost like listen to yourself in terms of like your debt is, is not, you're not able to get a mortgage because of your credit card debt. Um, you know, but you want to pay it off quickly. I mean, don't, what is it? Spite your, take off your nose to spite your face or. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, to cut off your nose to spite your face. So honestly, $10,000, it's, I don't think it's worth it to take it out of your your 401k because like Mandy and I mentioned earlier, there is this wave coming where um, she, myself, other financial professionals are starting to notice that it is getting harder and harder to keep up with day-to-day life, even though people are making more money. And I just would hate for you to start to put your, set yourself back when it comes to retirement, you know, because of a choice like this versus like waiting, paying off the debt and, and entering to home ownership on a stronger foot. Now, more than ever, it's really important to make really strong um, financial choices that are going to set you up for success. Yeah. And you have to think about, I mean, I, I feel like you're you're not looking at your other options maybe in terms of, I feel like the 401k feels like a really um, easy piggy bank to start tapping when you want to pay off something that's annoying like credit card debt right away or make a purchase um, right away. But there's other things you can do. I mean, you, if it's credit card debt and you have a decent credit card score, you can think about doing a credit card balance transfer where you take advantage of a 0% um, APR on a credit card and transfer that debt to a new card and then pay it off. Um, there's personal loan. If you, you may qualify f- if you have good credit for a, a decent rate on a personal loan um, and be able to consolidate your credit card that way. And then you have fixed monthly payments for a fixed period of time. And you can just chip away at that credit card debt. And then 
you know, you have to, if, like, if you have credit card debt that you're worried about before you buy a house, I mean, just think about all the other unexpected costs of homeownership. If, it, if it's hard for you to cover this $7,000 to $10,000 credit card debt, are you really, um, be, are you really going to be able to, you know, save a few months to six months worth of savings for, you know, little things that might pop up as a, as a homeowner that you need to cover? Because it doesn't, obviously, if you're dipping into your 401k, it means you probably don't have liquid like cash savings. Mm-hmm. You just don't sound like you're quite ready to take on a mortgage right now. So I would focus on just paying down that debt um, and not getting caught up in the hype of homeownership and, and rushing yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, homeownership, if not done properly, is it's, I mean, ultimately, you have to remember that it's an investment. And so it has to be done with that thought in mind, even though, you know, you're, you're purchasing a home, it's also an investment. Absolutely. Well, Any more questions? Yeah, well, let's see. Here's a good question from, let me hope I'm pronouncing this right. Listener Suey, Suey. No, I want to, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. So <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh God, sorry, Suey. Okay, Suey says, I was working on gathering my finances and realized I have about $75,000 worth of available credit across 15 credit accounts. These accounts range from small store credit card accounts to regular credit cards, one with a limit of up to $15,000. Holding all of this credit has made me really nervous, and I was wondering, what's the best strategy to reduce the amount of open credit I currently have? What's a decent amount to actually have? I have a lot of debt that I'm trying to pay off, and I'm wondering if closing some of these accounts would work best in my interest. My FICO score is about 780. Ooh. Well, first of all, Suey, that's a nice little score. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like she's afraid of the temptation. Yeah, I was going to say that's what it sounded like, right? But honestly, having a high available credit limit can only help your score as long as you don't actually use it. Because one of the the second most important factor of your credit score is your utilization rate, mm-hmm. which is how much credit you use versus how much credit is available to you. And as long as you're keeping that rate low, um, ideally under 30%, that yep. will really boost your score. So it's no wonder to me that you have a high credit score because, yes. you know, despite she's, oh yeah, she says she owes about $5,000. So $5,000, yeah, $5,000 into quick do the 75. Math. 75,000 is what she could borrow. That's tremendous. I don't don't ask me to do that math, Mandy. That's not fair. No, I need to do the math real quick. I'm going to determine her utilization rate. So $5,000 divided okay. by $75,000. Okay, that's so only 6%, okay? That's a very low utilization rate. Yeah. If you start closing your credit card accounts, like let's say you close all your credit card accounts and you only leave yourself with $10,000 of available credit. 50%. Yeah, that's 50%. 50% utilization rate. I, I made that math but, easy for you. Yeah, you did. (laughs) But I'll say this, though. I can understand being uneasy. So what I would likely do is look to see what those store cards are. If they're paid off, you might want to close them and maybe keep doing, ask yourself, if I close this one store card, what's my new utilization rate? You know, so divide basically what you what you owe into what you could owe. And maybe if you want to hover on the 15 percent, so close store cards until your utilization rate is about 15%, then I feel like you'd be in a safe space, you know? Yeah. I mean, ideally you want it under 30%, but 15, 20 is even, even better. better. Mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're nervous, but so you might close one or two cards and say, oh, that brought me to 10%. And then you can close another card and that brought me to 15. And you're like, I'm just going to stay right here. Yeah. But leave yourself some, you know, some room and definitely look at, I mean, look, I would look at cards too. And if there's a annual fee, 
Um, you don't mention any cards with annual fees, but consider that. But I mean, you have to consider other things as you're closing accounts too, like the age of the credit card account. You don't want to go closing your oldest accounts first. So because um, yes. your age of credit is another factor of your credit score. So it's this, mm-hmm. it's this whole like delicate balance. Um, but as long as you're being responsible, those cards, you're not incurring annual fees that are costing you money and you're keeping your credit card balances super low, which it sounds like you are, um, you're in good shape, you know, just, just keep being responsible with it and don't be nervous about, it's almost like she's afraid someone's just going to like, I don't know, Come pos- in. possess her and <laughs> go on a shopping spree. And if you're worried about like, you know, someone stealing your identity or something like that, and go, you know, then I honestly suggest and have really loved, um, um, LifeLock. Like if you're worried about, you know, someone maybe getting a hold of your, you know, what your credit, um, your credit cards or whatever. So that's another thing you can invest into. And that doesn't cost a whole bunch of money a month. I think I pay like nine bucks a month. Yeah, it's a good tip. All right, Suey, thank you for your question. And you guys, if you have questions, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Or you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click the Ask Us Anything tab. Remember to let me know if you want to stay anonymous or if you don't mind us using your name on the show. Say it at the very top because if you say it at the bottom, it's like, it's too late. Say what? <laughs> that if you want to be anonymous. So don't say, hi, my name is Tiffany. And then you say, you know. Oh. <laughs> you know, and then I'll put at the end that Mandy reads, please don't say my name. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone did send me a second email, like, just just so you know, I want to be anonymous. Luckily, I saw it. Whoa, child. Yeah. You, you guys are living dangerously. Because I will put y'all's business out there. Right. Or at least just give your fake name from the rip. Just be like, my name is Chico. I don't know. Tay Tay. I don't know why. That's my anonymous no. question name. Shall we end it on a booster break? Yes. Booster break, booster break, booster break. What do you want a booster break? I'm going to do a boost for my own um, investor emotional responsibility, which I don't know if you guys noticed, but the market had a really bad week last week. And I got an alert from my investment account saying that I lost 2%. And I really get stressed out. I used to really get stressed out when that little dip in your account happened. You know, you see like your earnings over the past year, and I saw my little dip. But I stayed the course, I stayed the course, I might have sent Helen a little email just saying like, hey, just letting you know, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, and I, I read, I, I, like, I know this, you know, the market just the market dipped back in January, too. And we talked about it then. Um, but I've learned like not to react emotionally and to just read and get some perspective on why the market's tanking, um, you know, periodically. And already it's kind of bounced back just a little bit. Um, so if you guys are stressing about the market, um, just know it's like I'm not worried because my my investments are tied up in my retirement account. I'm retiring from Mandy like 30 or 40 years from now. Um, and and she's going to be fine. She's got plenty of time. That's what I tell myself. I got to come up with my name. My old lady oh, your, name. Your, your old lady name. Oh yeah, right. Because Manny and Wanda definitely have to be still doing a podcast. Like, can, girl, I can't hear you. Like, is your headphones on? Do you know, do you know where you can get a cane for half off? <laughs> oh, no. oh yes, you have to definitely come up with the old lady name because Wanda can't be out here by herself. People are like, why Wanda? I'm like, it's just such a great old lady name. It's like Gertrude. That's also a good name. It is a great old lady name. You can have it if you want. No, I'm good. I need to like. <laughs> it has to come to me. <laughs> Well, I am actually going to boost as well. 
Um, this past weekend, I was in Mexico speaking at this retreat called the I Am Woman Retreat. And what I liked about it is, is that there's so many things that are geared toward millennial, millennial, millennial. And um, I know, right? But this was such an awesome retreat because the the women were in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s. Um, and I got to do a financial presentation for them. And it was just so nice to see that these women were still working on self-development, that they were still like, you know, very curious about how can they do better financially in their relationships. It was just such an awesome, like, I don't know. I said, I told myself next time I'm going to like, um, pay for my mom and like maybe my aunt to do it with her to go because it was like, first of all, the location, it was called Unico. Um, the hotel, it was, I, I have been to a bunch of, you know, resorts and by far, this is the most beautiful resort I've ever seen in my life. There was a jetted pool tub thing on every balcony and it was just amazing. It was beautiful. The customer support service was just amazing. The food was phenomenal. And usually you know, food sometimes at these like all-inclusive resorts are like, eh, the pools were, I mean, it just, it just was amazing, the actual location. Um, but like the actual like classes and courses and, and the, the daily lessons and stuff that you would take, they were uplifting, but they were also educational. Um, it just was a really great time. And I just want to give a boost to that because it's just nice to see that, you know, in a world full of millennial centric, um, <laughs> offerings, it was nice to see that, these women, someone has not forgotten these women. Like someone created this because they, she was honestly like, we're left out of this conversation. Like right now that, you know, that we want to, we want to improve our lives too. So if you're interested, there were some 30 year olds there, but it was like a handful. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, but it's called, I am that woman retreat. So if you go to, I am that woman retreat.com, you can look at the pictures and learn more and maybe you'll come next year. I don't know if I'll, if I'll be speaking next year. If they invite me, I'll certainly come. Um, but it was just, it was just a really great moment. So if you got your mama, your auntie, and you're thinking like, you know what, they could use a little boost and empowerment. Um, yeah, I think it's just a great, a great retreat to attend. I mean, life doesn't end in your fifties. Exactly. You know, and it was just so great to literally see women in their 70s there, like just living their best life. Like, baby, tell me that thing again about that budget. You're like, oh, yes. <laughs> it was just really, honestly, it was awesome. And I was like, wow. I felt like, honestly, that I was in a room full of like my aunts, you know? I'm legit think I'm going to be one of those old people who like retires in a different country to maximize their income because like there's all these retirement communities in Mexico and Ecuador and like, you know, Central American countries where people legit live in their retirement because the US dollar goes so far. And it's actually really smart. We should do, we should totally do a show about investing, like, in, or not investing, but like retiring abroad because there's a whole like subculture of people doing it. Um, you know, you can get a house out there and like, you know, your mm. little, especially if you're on a fixed income. And we just talked about how expensive America is getting like, I, I feel like that's, that's, that's definitely going to be the trend for like, if we keep going the way we're going as people looking outside the US um, to retire. I agree. I agree. Oh, a beach. That sounds nice. Yeah, it was. Honestly, I was like, wait, this is everything. This is a little bit of everything. So yeah, so that's my boost. That's our show. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Remember that time you didn't know what that was? And I was like, are you kidding me? I know the Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse Club. You didn't yeah, know that. I the first, feel like I knew that. I don't know. 
between that and Golden Girls, I was like, Mandy, I don't even know if I know you. Oh, gosh. Talk to me when you watch 90 Day Fiance, okay? Then we can talk. <laughs> no, first of all, I have not watched, but I have seen the clips of my Nigerian brethren. Okay. There is some. Yo, that <laughs> is, I don't even know what to say. Yo, I'm like both intrigued, ashamed, and delighted. Like, it is, it is so terrible. They're not doing the Nigerian people any favors, but it no. is highly entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh, why? Why? But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Have a fabulous week and don't miss next week's show. We are doing a da-da-da crossover episode with our counterparts at Paychecks and Balances. Yes. And I was just a guest on this show. I was like, look at that. We're going to be back. We are doing Battle of the Sexes. We are taking on some of the biggest debates between men and women when it comes to their finances. And we are going to battle it, you guys. It's me and Tiff against Rich and Marcus. And you know who's going to win. <clears throat> Us. <laughs> we'll just talk them to death like women do. <laughs> They'll give up. <laughs> The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.